This is the Sports Tank with Jeremy Green. You look at my numbers, I'm I'm balling. Beer City's best sports talk is on the air. Get involved. Call 252-4348. Tweet the show at Sports Tank ESPN. The Sports Tank. Come get you some of this. Can't wait. It's ESPN Asheville, 92.9 FM, 880 AM and 1400. The Sports Tank with Jeremy Green. We are live in the Ingalls studio. First hour of the program is always brought to you by Ingalls. Low prices. Love the savings. It is Friday. We have, uh, yeah, that was a football game last night that nobody seemed to want to win, which is baffling to me because, you know, two teams you would think need wins. But no. Hey, the NFC East is so much better this year. <laughs> Isn't it, though? Oh, wait. <laughs> they they got major problems with the New York Giants and with the Washington football team. Uh, we are uh, continuing the morning show here on the afternoon show. As uh, we just ran out of time this morning, didn't have enough time to get to all of the fantasy, uh, the big fantasy hits for each and every game, so we will continue that in this first hour of the program. Four o'clock, we will have Asheville Police Chief David Zack in here for round two of Beat the Chief. And I fought the law, and I won. Once. Once. Here's the thing. I'm just saying. It can't go worse for Chief Zack and I than it did last week. <laughs> no, it cannot. Uh, the big thing out of, that came out of last week was every game that we all agreed on, we lost. And then on the eight games that we all split on, I got a three-game lead after one week, which I need, and I think will be erased within two weeks at least. Could be erased this week. We'll just have to wait and see. So we got to beat the Chief coming up at 4 o'clock, brought to you by Clarissa Marshall of EXP Realty. Check her out at ClarissaSellsWNC.com. Yes, this morning in the sportsocracy, which you can hear every, or see every weekday morning at 10 a.m. on YouTube, youtube.com slash thesportsocracy, or just check us out on thesportsocracy.com. We were in the Wicked Weed studio, and we were talking about the, the fantasy pops and flops for each and every game of this Week 2 NFL season. And we made it, we didn't even make it through the entire early slate of games. Um, We are up to the Houston Cleveland game. Hot. Houston Cleveland. It's a big spread on this game, and I I don't think it's high enough. Uh, We'll be picking the game against the spread coming up with Chief Zach at the four o'clock hour. But let's, let's talk about the fantasy implications. Of Cleveland and Houston. The Cleveland Browns, they're going to be able to put up points, we believe. Last week, I mean, Houston Houston shut down that Jacksonville Jaguars team. Huh. And this week it's going to be... I, I, I could see a mirror-imaged result to this game. It could be a 37-6 to blowout on Cleveland's part. It's awful bold of you to think that Houston's going to score six points in this game. <laughs> Oh, you think they're going to be able to shut them down completely? It's not going to be good. I mean, this is just one of those games you look at and go, if Baker wants to be who Baker seems to want to be, you better come out and end this quick. Yes. This better be 24 to nothing at halftime, or there's going to be a slew of judgment. Houston's terrible. Mm-hmm. I've routinely said this Houston Texans roster – Looks like uh, 
hey, I want to start a Madden franchise, and I just want to blow up a team. Let me have 14 first-round picks. I'm going to trade everybody. Right. That's what I see when I see Houston. Mm-hmm. And I don't disagree. And you look at the Cleveland side of this, and you've got little old Sparky Baker Mayfield just trying to make it work with all of the stars that he has around him. I can see big days coming for pretty much everybody on that roster. I mean, Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, I I think they both will have, you know, borderline top 10 fantasy days, if not better than that. I don't disagree with you. It just seemed like Houston could stop you running the ball. They couldn't stop anybody throwing the ball. You think that last week what they did against uh, 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 the name uh, Carlos Hyde was and James Robinson. Yeah, but James Robinson only got five carries last Carlos week. Carlos Hyde only got eight. Or no, he didn't have that many. I think they split. I want to say it was five and five. No, I, he out carried. I know Carlos Hyde out carried him. Maybe not out touched him because they did throw the ball to James a couple of times. But I don't know if that's if that falls back on the Houston defense or just because Urban Meyer is an idiot. They ran sixteen times total, and mm-hmm. Trevor Lawrence was one of them. So I mean. Yeah, that's fine. If if you're on Nick Chubb, I'm on anything for for Cleveland this week. Okay. Apparently not Odell Beckham Jr. though. No, because uh, he's, he he's going to play. He, he's going to be sitting on the sidelines. <laughs> he will not be playing. Something that would bother me if I was a Kareem Hunt owner. How many touches did he have total in a very high scoring, very competitive game with Kansas City? Um, nine. That's exactly right. Three catches, six carries. Uh huh. And he's going to have those games. But I he's, think he's going to have a lot of those games. You think so? I do. If you're not going to see the ball in that game, you're not going to see the ball a lot. <laughs> it's first game of the season. Not 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 taking any uh, huge any huge uh, takeaways from how they were used. Uh, New Orleans takes on the Carolina Panthers. And here's here's my thing: is I'm not sure this is going to go the Panthers' way. I was listening. I've heard a lot of people taking Carolina, and yeah. I need that sounded out for me. Yeah, I, I'm going to agree with you. I mean, we saw this team against the New York Jets last week, and yes, there were things to like about the Carolina Panthers' performance last week, but let's not forget they were facing the Jets. Meanwhile, you have the New Orleans Saints who went out and just hammered the Green Bay Packers. It should tell you everything that you need to know that this game started as a pick uh, and universally, New Orleans is either a three or three and a half point favorite. Yeah, it shouldn't have been a pick them in the first place, but we just didn't know what they were going to be until after week one. Well, happened. the pick them in the beginning was was trying to get action on the New Orleans side. No, because they knew. I mean, you're going to see that and go, ooh, and then it builds up to three and a half, and now Vegas has a little bit of a a little bit of an advantage because they're catching three in the hook, right? The defense is going to be able to get after Jameis Winston, I believe. The different looks that the Carolina defense was showing last week, I think they're going to be able to find some holes. But here's the thing. That is that is a darn near complete all-pro offensive line 
in front of Jameis Winston. Yeah, you're, this week you're catching Teron Armstead and Ryan Ramchick. Exactly. Not George Fant and Morgan Moses. Right. It's going to be a little bit of a different story for Carolina to be able to put pressure on Jameis Winston. Is he going to throw for 150 yards and, and throw 14 times and have five touchdowns in that? No, probably not. But I could very well see him having, having a pretty decent yardage game and three touchdowns. This could be back to a 300, a 303 kind of a day for old Jameis Winston. Because I really don't think they're, I, 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 don't, I really don't think they're going to be able to run the ball all that well. From Alvin Kamara's standpoint, he'll catch a lot of passes, but I don't think this is going to be you know in between the tackles kind of a running game. Derek Brown's a man. That is uh, one he's thing. Very I, very good. That's one thing I took away from last week. Is holy cow, Derek Derek Brown is awesome. He's very good. The one thing that would scare me going up against Jameis Winston is, yes, Dante Jackson had a good game last week. Mm-hmm. He had a good game against a rookie that hasn't played a whole lot. And J.C. Horn did not. <laughs> uh, dumbest line of the week starting the uh, Sunday late slate. The 4 o'clock slate is going to kick off with the Arizona Cardinals taking on the Minnesota Vikings. And in what world the Cardinals are only a three-and-a-half-point favorite against that Minnesota Vikings team that looked awful in the preseason and last week didn't look much better? This has to be a thought that there's going to be a letdown. That's the only thing that makes any sense to me. Now, for me, I'm looking at a secondary that just let Joe Burrow carve them up. Bingo. And now I get Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins and Christian Kirk and Rondell Moore. Mm -hmm. If you play fantasy football and you don't know who Rondell Moore is, you should probably Google it. I, and I'm going to expect this is the, this is the second week of the season. And this is the last time I'm going to say this. If it fails, I think AJ Green's going to get involved this week. I don't think it's going to be a huge day. It's not going to be like he's going to have a hundred yards or something. It's He's going to get involved. I wouldn't be surprised to see him score a touchdown this week. And then you've got that embarrassment of an offensive line going up against J.J. Watt and Chandler Jones. I don't think this is going to work in your favor. I disagree with you vehemently on A.J. Green. Okay. There were 87 graded uh, wide receivers last year. Yeah. Ten of them were worse than A.J. Green in a game they won by a billion I remember the struggles that he had last year with Joe Burrow and trying to figure out that connection late in the season. It felt like they started to find something. Yeah, I'm, I'm still out on AJ Green. Okay, all right. I, I think he's gotten DMP old in a hurry. Fair criticism. It is a fair criticism. His didn't do anything well. Mm-hmm. I, I've gone from pillar to post trying to find something because I liked him coming into the season. There was nothing to like. What about uh, DFS? Do you like Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen this week against this Cardinal secondary? Thielen's one of those guys that people are getting duped by because, and it just it becomes very obvious that you didn't watch it because two of his biggest catches were on blown coverages. You can't just look at a stat line and go, "Oh, look, Adam Thielen's the guy." No, he's not. No, he's not. No, he's not. But he's the guy that finds the hole. That's the thing. Is like he. He's pretty good at being able to get into the open spot of the defense. And that's fine. I've always thought he's been one of the best cleanup men in 
in football. Well, Even here, when Stephon Diggs was with him. Well, here's Here would be my criticism of that. If you're telling me that you're planning on... Your claim to fame is that you're going to shoot out with Kyler Murray. Right. You are bringing, you're not even bringing a knife to a gunfight. You are bringing a somewhat decent sized stick <laughs> to a gunfight. I was going to say, you're bringing a Kirk Cousins to the gun, to the gunfight. Yeah. You, you went in the woods, you found a tree branch that fell off, and you're like, I'm here. Yeah. I'm ready to go. But this is what it's going to be. If it's going to be a game, you're going to have to get into a track meet with him. I disagree. If this is gonna, if you told me how many yards Dalvin Cook had in this game, I'll, I bet you I could get within a field goal on each side of the score. Really? If you think Dalvin Cook's gonna go, I don't know, twenty touches, hundred twenty-five yards, this game will be close. Okay. If you don't think he's going to do that, and just remember, they completely shut down Derrick Henry last week. Mm-hmm. If you don't think they can do that, they are going to get. Boat raced. Uh huh. This won't be close for three quarters of it if you try to shoot out with them. I think they're going to be forced into that. I do too because I think they're going to fall behind. Uh huh. They will fall behind and then they'll have to throw. Here's another thing. Hit a couple of big ones. I haven't heard anybody say this. Do you realize how loud Arizona's going to be? That's a very laissez faire uh, fan base because there's a lot of transplants in Arizona. This is a game after you just demolished one of the best teams in the AFC on their home field. This is your season opener. There's a lot of hope in Arizona. Uh huh. That stadium is going to be loud. Yep. Four o'clock slate also includes the Atlanta Falcons at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Tampa Bay's already scored. Yes, they have. Last week, Atlanta allowed Jalen Hurts to complete 77% of his passes. He was he threw for 261 and three touchdowns. What do you think Tom Brady is going to be able to do to this defense if it is that bad? I mean, Tom Brady is going to go surgical on them. Uh-huh. And, and it, if I was being honest, I think this is a Mike Evans week. By the way, do you happen to know who the last defense to allow Jalen Hurts to to complete that number of passes, do you know who it was? The Detroit Lions. Mm-mm. It was the Oklahoma State Cowboys. <laughs> that was the last team to let Jalen Hurts complete that. To have, I mean, with over two throws. Right. To have 77% completion. Oh, it was 70. I thought it was 74. No, I was still right. Yeah. He went 13 of 16 against Oklahoma State. <laughs> That's a pretty good day. Woo! <laughs> that is a pretty good day. Uh, I don't. And I, here's the thing: you say Mike Evans. Mike Evans always kills the Atlanta Falcons. Always, he is always heavily involved in the game plan. It's just because he's such a he's such a great mismatch. But last week, what we saw was Tom Brady throw thirty percent of his passes to Chris Godwin. When it came time to find the open guy. That open guy was either Rob Gronkowski or uh, Antonio Brown. I've always I, said that at some point Mike Evans went to a fast food restaurant in Atlanta and got an undercooked burger and has been holding it against the Falcons <laughs> ever since. Right. Yeah, because he has pounded them every time. There are three consistents, death, taxes, and Mike Evans scoring touchdowns against the Falcons. Yep. Three for six last week with 24 yards. That's what, that's what Mike Evans was held to in the opener. I think it was week two last year where he just went absolutely bananas. First game, I think, was against New Orleans, and he got shut down by Marshawn Lattimore, and then second week of the season, there it was, two-touchdown game. And I'm not telling you what to do. I'm just telling you he's projected to be about 7% owned on DraftKings. 
Just, I'm just saying, you know, that seems like a very low number to me for a guy that has absolutely demolished this team in his history. Yeah. And the question for the Atlanta Falcons offense is, is Matt Ryan that bad? Last week against the Philadelphia secondary, he only completed 60% of his passes for 164 yards. Zero touchdowns. None of his throws, well, let me put it this way. Um, one of his throws went beyond 20 yards. Now, I don't know if that's just Arthur Smith, you know, first game jitters, let's keep everything close to the vest, or if it's we just can't push it down the field anymore. I don't know. But Here, I don't here's think what against- would scare me if, if I was saying, oh, Matt Ryan's going to find a, a resurgence against Tampa Bay. In the last... That is 24 games. He's had a quarterback rating over 106 times. That's, that's a bad sign. Right. You just didn't have those high-level games anymore. You'll, I mean, they happen every once in a blue moon, but it very rarely happens against a good defense. And at the end of the day, I've given more flack to the Tampa Bay secondary than anybody. They're still good. At, they're better than Philadelphia. Yes, they are. I'll give them that. They are the weak link in that defense, but they are better than Philadelphia uh, as an entire group. I don't think we have a single guy who's better than Slay. No, you don't. But as a group, I will say they are they are a better. Their one platoon. is better. One to five, you're better. Yes, and your pass rush is markedly better. <laughs> yeah, it is. Not going to be a good day for the Atlanta Falcons, uh, but you can count. There are going to be fireworks because there always are. There are going to be big plays. So Calvin Ridley, even Russell Gage, I think, had a huge day against Tampa Bay last year in the regular season. So you still have some plays possible for the Atlanta Falcons, but for the most part, you should be heavy on the heavy on the Bucks, very, very light on the birds. That's just the way Jeremy likes it, actually. We'll continue to go game by game fantasy uh flops and pops. For week two in the NFL, continuing the conversation from the sportsocracy this morning. And by the way, you can go and check out the, uh, check out this morning's episode on YouTube, youtube.com slash the sportsocracy. Uh, we cover each and every game every week. The season we've all been waiting for is here. No, not that one. The season of the Big Orange Tent is underway in Western North Carolina. The area's largest selection of Halloween costumes, decorations, and accessories is at the Big Orange Tent at the Asheville Mall. Halloween Express is your one-stop shop for adult and child costumes, superheroes, horror icons, inflatable suits. You can find it all under the Big Orange Tent at the Asheville Mall. 10 to 8 Monday through Saturday, 12 to 6 on Sundays. Tank Spencer and Jeremy Green on a Friday afternoon on ESPN Asheville. We're giving you the fantasy pops and flops for week two, continuing the discussion from the Sportsocracy this morning. If you missed the show, shame on you. You should join us every weekday morning at 10 a.m. in the Wicked Weed studio. Uh, check us out at youtube.com slash the Sportsocracy. Now, um, we're working our way through week two here, and... I'll be honest with you, Jeremy. I'm really, really getting excited about this week's games. You, you know what I'm excited about? What's that? We are just 28 minutes away from me 
it, just from the start. This is the start of I'm I'm dubbing this <laughs> Retribution Weekend. <laughs> the there will be no six and six this weekend. <laughs> the picks have not gone well the last couple of weeks. Well, I mean, I mean, at least you have split. You have gone completely just kiss your sister tied on each of your uh, major extravaganza spectacular green on green picks that we've done every Friday before the uh, college football Saturday. And, uh, yeah, that's first set of picks, the six-pack, coming up at the bottom of the hour. I, I have gone so deep divey this week. This is If you were ever going to go to the sportsocracy.com, click our link for betus.com and, and just just make all the free money. I honestly think I can go 12 and 0 this weekend. Nice. I have ne- in in a solid year, I have not felt this confident in 12 picks as I do this weekend. Woo! 6 and 6 here we come. Uh <laughs> I'm trying to put the Tank Spencer kiss of death on you just in reverse. I'm okay with that. Yeah, exactly. I'm fine with that. It's reverse psychology. It works that way. Uh, the Tennessee Titans take on the Seattle Seahawks in Seattle coming off of that Awful loss to uh, the Arizona Cardinals in week one at home, I like to add. They let Kyler Murray have five total touchdowns last week, threw for darn near 300 yards. What do you think Russell Wilson's going to do to this secondary when he gets a hold of them? That's the problem that I have about this game. I don't think it's going to go the way that you do. Really? No. I don't think that Tennessee team's as bad as they showed last week. They were undisciplined. They have a very, very aggressive coach. Yeah. I just, I feel like, see, here's the thing. One of the thing that's, the things that's skewing this number so much is there is this misnomer that the West Coast team's going East thing works in reverse. It, it doesn't. doesn't. It's never worked that way. And you know what? I thought Tennessee was a better team coming into the season. I think they're a better team right now. I don't care what happened last week. I don't buy into any, into Indianapolis. I'm not going to say it all because I do buy them a little bit. The fact that Seattle just pounded them with no Xavier Rhodes doesn't mean anything to me. Okay, I just don't care. It didn't sway me that much. And I was more impressed with Arizona than I was distraught by Tennessee. I felt like that was a snowball that kind of rolled downhill and all of a sudden it was this amorphous blob that line's moved four points since it debuted and that's stupid to me i'm off of tennessee this week completely you're going to seattle which we know is one of the hotbeds uh uh, hot you know hardest places to play in the nfl with the number 12 fan base i and here and that tennessee defense i think should be a signal to you offensively i agree with you Offensively, Tennessee, I think, is going to be fine. It's the defense that scares me. We had this discussion last year with the Seattle team that they're facing this year, and or this week, and it, Seattle is the, still the same way. Of I don't buy your defense, but your offense is really good. And I think when you go up against teams like Seattle, you're going to find it hard to just hammer them with Derrick Henry. I don't think Seattle can stop him. I don't. The secondary's not good. We've mm-hmm. talked about that all offseason. Yep. I like both receivers for Tennessee. I like Derrick Henry. I like Ryan Tannehill this week. I have a feeling you're both going to take Seattle at 4 o'clock when we pick games with, with, with Chief Zach, and I feel like that's one I'm just getting back because. 
We shall wait and see. Beat the Chief coming up at 4 o'clock. Uh, I, I'm, I'm not shying away from DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett especially, Russell Wilson. I, I want all of those pieces for Seattle in my fantasy lineups. And... And for Tennessee, I'm, you're still sticking with Derrick Henry. I mean, if you got a se- you know, you're in a season long league and you drafted him, you got to play him. It's not like you're going to bench him, and it's not like he has a uh, a negative matchup here. Seattle's defense is not great. Derrick Henry against Jamal Adams. Who do you think wins that fight? It's going to be Derrick Henry every time, in my opinion. Not every time, but I do like I, I like Derrick Henry in this matchup. I yeah. like Tennessee. Would you be surprised to see Jamal Adams get just sloughed off by one of those Derrick Henry uh, stiff arms and wind up on YouTube the, or, or Twitter this week? No, no, no I, wouldn't. I wouldn't be. I'm not saying I'm off of Tennessee. I don't like them as a team in this game, but their fantasy pieces are going to be fine. The Dallas Cowboys are at the Los Angeles Chargers. This is a game that's got a lot of action on both sides of it. There are people who say, you know, the Chargers, they're, they, they was, they're a scrappy team, and they won last week against Washington. Granted, Washington handed them the game, and Dallas handed Tampa Bay a win as well. It could be a very close matchup, and it could be a shootout matchup. We'll talk about it in just a second. First, let's get just a bit outside. The sports tag. Just a bit outside. All right, here's the 411, folks. The Minnesota Vikings got worse news today. It's not just the fact that they are going to have to take on Arizona on Sunday, but they're not going to have Everson Griffin. Everson Griffin is now in the concussion protocol. Mike Zimmer says that his defensive end got a concussion after being in a car accident, swerving to miss a deer. On the road. He is on the injury report. He is in the concussion protocol. They are going to be without him. They're going to be without Anthony Barr this week. I don't, I still don't think that uh, Minnesota's got much of a chance against the either. Arizona Cardinals. I don't either. This is, this is bad, but very strange. You got a, you got a guy in concussion protocol for something that happened off the field. For avoiding a deer. I hate deer. They're delicious, but... I, was, I knew you were about to say that. <laughs> One game I won't be picking at the end of this hour or the end of the next hour is Alcorn State in South Alabama. Okay. And there's one very simple reason that I'm not picking this game. Because nobody's seen him play in three years? Because I very well it very well may not happen. Oh, okay. But for a kind of a strange reason. Alcorn State's football game this Saturday against South Alabama is in, quote, serious jeopardy because the team no longer employs an athletic trainer. They had a full-time athletic trainer. His name was Fred Worthy. He was hired at the end of January. But he left the job in July to return to private sector health care. So they hired two part-time athletic trainers. And, you know, there are schools that do that. It's a little cheaper. They Mm -hmm. come in. Do the things as you need them to do it. Well, only one problem with that. Okay. Both of those athletic trainers just tested positive positive for <sighs> COVID-19, so they're gone. No! So they brought back Fred Worthy over the weekend. He did consults with the players. He was there, and they thought he would be here this week. Only problem is, Sunday he said, I won't be back on Monday. Oh. No reason given, just bye. 
NCAA guidelines say you cannot practice without a trainer, so they haven't practiced all week, and the game is in serious jeopardy because they can't find a new one. And this is a sad story because this is, we always talk about the money games. Smaller schools play FBS schools, and you wouldn't think South Alabama would be one of those schools. Alcorn State's going to make $360,000 to show up and play this game. That's almost half of their recruiting budget in football for the year. Fred McNair, their head coach, not happy. He said this is an administrative problem and they need to fix it immediately. Yeah. You would think there'd be somebody, somebody you could call to take that job. One would think. If for nothing else, enough to to get the game game, back. Right, right. Like, do you have to have some kind of special sports trainer's license? I'm sure you do. I I don't know. I have no clue. But I can, you know, I can fake it for three hours. <laughs> Don't you have like some some old guy that works for the local high school that could tape ankles for three hours for a football game? I'll give you seven hundred bucks for three hours worth of work. We just can't miss this game. Awful. Dallas Cowboys take on the Los Angeles Chargers this weekend. It's going to be the four twenty five or one of the four twenty five games on Sunday. Dak Prescott, Justin Herbert, Ezekiel Elliott, Austin Eckler. You got all those receivers for Dallas. You got Keenan Allen, Mike Williams over on the Chargers side. I think this is going to be a shootouty kind of game. I could see that. What's what? I'm just curious. What is the over under on this game? It is fifty five. 55, I'm going over. Over? Over hard. Might go over that in the first half. (laughs) I think both of these teams are going to be able to score points. I like the Chargers' defense a little bit better. No, I'm going to say I like it it markedly better. I mean, especially without, without Lawrence for Dallas. They're going to be able to make some changes and, you know, fill that spot in and still be able to try to get to the, to the quarterback. But here's the thing. He's, he's, Justin Herbert's got one of the best offensive lines in the NFL. And I don't think they're going to be able to get much pressure on him. And last week at the end of the game against Washington, we saw over and over and over again Justin Herbert step up on third downs and make huge clutch plays. And I think that's what this game's going to come down to again. I'm not going to give you my pick for the game right now. You can probably guess which way I'm going to lean. I, I I like all the pieces. Justin Herbert, I think, is going to have a fantastic day, just as Tom Brady did last week. I'm not saying he's Tom Brady. I'm just saying he's very, very talented, and he's going to be able to he'll have Keenan Allen open. Chris Godwin ran mostly out of the slot last week, and he had a huge day. I think Keenan Allen's going to have a huge day. I think Mike Williams is going to be a just fine lower flex play for you. And then on the Dallas side, you got to be dumb not to take any of those receivers. I'm, I'm not, on every piece of this I'm game. Not, this I'm, game is going to be 45 to 42. I'm not sure I'm on Ezekiel Elliott. I am. After last week? Don't care. Okay. Don't care. That's against Vita Vea and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Mm-hmm. I don't care. How many yards do you think Dak Prescott throws for in this one? 350. 
Three fifty. I'd say that's the floor. Okay. All right. I could I could see that happening. I actually could see, but I could see these two combined throwing for. I could see seven hundred fifty yards out of the two quarterbacks combined. That sounds about right. Sunday night football this week got the Kansas City Chiefs at the Baltimore Ravens. Who? What did we do to deserve such a great Sunday night matchup? Well, the only problem is you remember you remember on Monday when Ali Villanueva couldn't block anybody. Yeah, yeah, he's gonna play left tackle for the uh, Ravens this week. I mean, that the be. guy he was starting over is taking his place at right tackle. How often do you think Chris Jones is going to be in the backfield? Because I'm going to say it's a lot. I would imagine so. So Baltimore or Kansas City is able to get pressure on Lamar Jackson. I can I can see that, but still, they're going to be able to score points. Lamar Jackson's still going to run for a hundred yards. Oh, I mean, Lamar will be fine. Mm-hmm. I have no fear of Lamar Jackson. I don't. Derek Carr just curved just carved this defense up. Mm-hmm. What do you think Pat Mahomes is going to do to it? <laughs> it no doubt looks like a big smash spot for the Kansas City offense. I, I don't think they're going to be able to run the ball well, but I think that's a season long thing for Kansas City rather than just being a one game kind of thing. Tyreek Hill be in line to have another huge day like he did last week. What did he have? One hundred and ninety seven yards last week. It was something ungodly like that. I think, uh, yeah, all of the offensive pieces for Kansas City, Baltimore, Lamar Jackson's the only one that I would be playing this week. Because I just don't know which receivers it's going to be. Sammy Watkins is the most liable. And yes, I know he's got an injury thing. I I don't care. I think there's only four, I think there's only four receivers on the active roster. Uh Uh-huh. So he's going to play. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't mind Latavius Murray either. It became very obvious to me as that game went on Monday night that he's the best back on this team, and it's not all that close. I I think you're right. I said last week I think that Tyson Williams thing, it's a one-week deal. I, I'd say I don't. I think he's going to have a role, but that doesn't change anything for me. Mm-hmm. Tyson Williams is the change of pace. So he becomes the J.K. Dobbins? He becomes the Gus Edwards to... Okay. To, to Latavius right. Murray's J.K. Dobbins. Okay. I would say the the, the run share breakdown is going to be about 65-35 between Latavius Murray and uh, and Tyson Williams. And just to get this out there, no, I don't care about Devontae Freeman. No, I don't care about Le'Veon Bell. <laughs> I've been asked that question a lot in the last week. Right. No, I do not no, care. No, they've got their backfield now. They've got Latavius Murray, who has shown in two different spots that when he's relied upon to be a starter, he can put up big points. He did it in Minnesota. He did it in New Orleans. And now he's going to be the feature back for the Baltimore Ravens. Monday Night Football this week, the the, uh, Detroit Lions and the Green Bay Packers. Uh, If you're not in on Aaron Rodgers this week, you're blinded by your hatred of his easygoing lifestyle. And his supermodel wife. Aaron Rodgers is going to turn it on this week after taking all the lumps that he's taken in the media. He may come out to the press conference and, you know, try to play it off Mr. Cool and just, uh, you know, it's a, we got 16 more of these to go and you know, just relax. Nah, he's not going to be relaxing this week. He's going to be looking to make a statement against a, a, against a division rival 
on a primetime game where the division rival has almost no way to fight back, really. Although with uh, with what they showed last week, throwing the ball to Jamal Adam or Jamal Williams and uh, and DeAndre Swift, I like the running backs for Detroit. So because they don't have receivers, mm-hmm. I, I, I mean I know I like them under St. Brown and Terrell Williams is fine. At the end of the day, that should not be the one and two on an NFL football team. No, one of them's a three and the other one's a rookie. I don't know that Terrell. Will- I think you're too low on him. I probably am. The bad thing is exactly what he does is what Jared Garf has never done particularly well. Hit deep bombs. Right. Jared Goff was always a, I will hit you in the right spot 15 yards down the field, and then you do it. Mm-hmm. That's not what Terrell Williams does. No. He's 6'4 and can fly. Green Bay, I want, uh, I want Aaron Rodgers. I want Devontae Adams. Obviously, Jeremy doesn't play those DFS showdown things, but they have no, to be on I, your roster I if you are. Stand those one off. <laughs> I would have one that would. I would try to include Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams, Jamal Williams, DeAndre Swift. I don't even know if you could afford all of those players on your uh, on your captain salary or whatever. Uh, you you would have to have a kicker in there somewhere. <laughs> and I'll and I'll go with that. I'll do whatever I have to to make it work. Um, pops and flops for week two in the NFL. Uh, last night we had the Washington football team and the New York Giants. We still haven't. Let's, let's talk about that game for hey, a minute here. Taylor Heineke should be buying beers forever for Dustin Hopkins. <laughs> Did you see the story that, that, that earned him $125,000? Did it really? Because he played 60% of the snaps and they won. If they had lost, he got... Nothing. Uh huh. He should also send a box of uh, what are those Omaha steaks? Yes. To Dexter Lawrence. Yes, he should. Thank you. Thank you for that. Dexter Lawrence jumping off sides on the uh, on the game winning field goal try, and they missed it, of course. And then when he re kicked it from five yards uh, five yards shorter, of course he nailed it. Barely. It was still close. It was close, but. 30 to 29 Washington football team steals a win. I've seen that in every headline just about of this of this game. They got problems though. The Washington football team is not as good as we thought they were or at least not as good as I thought they were there you in go. the preseason. I was about to say if you remember there were two teams that I kept saying, "Okay, we've got right. ridiculous here on how good we think these these two teams are." Right. Washington football team is one of them. The thing that I did not expect, the defense is not good. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not even like, oh, we had two bad wins. You just made Daniel Jones look like a legitimate NFL quarterback. And Daniel Jones has had those games in his career, but it's... But they've never been against a front four like that. Pass rush has always messed with him. Yeah. And this week, they can't get home with four. If you had told me that before the season, I would have said you were out of your mind. Right. They have one of the best defensive lines in the league, but they can't get home against that terrible offensive line. They still couldn't get home. They had to blitz to get any kind of pressure. Right. And that's a problem because that secondary is not very good. Mm-hmm. The safeties are not good. I just look I look at Washington and and you're going to think I'm overreacting to this. And I don't think that I am. If you had to guess how many wins Washington ends up with this year, where are you at right now? 
eight, maybe, just not even thinking about, not knowing the schedule, I would say I'm down already three games on them from what I thought they were going to do. I think they're going to aggressively struggle to get to six. Really? Look at the schedule. The schedule's ungodly. Next week, at the Bills, Josh Allen is salivating at, oh, you can't get home with four? Oh, this will be fun. Yeah. And you have a rookie middle linebacker calling plays that I'm telling you I see in Jamin Davis exactly what I tried to tell you when, when they drafted him. Yeah, he's super athletic. I get that. He's out of position constantly. Yeah. All right, so you go at the Bills. We got that you go at the Falcons. There's number two. Saints, Chiefs, at the Packers, at the Broncos, Buccaneers, Panthers, Seahawks. They're winning there because no. I didn't see it. No. At the Raiders, Cowboys. And then to end the season, you go at the Eagles, at the Cowboys, Eagles, Giants. I would say you win two of those four. Oh, my goodness. I think they're going to struggle to get to six wins because Taylor Heineke is not very good. <laughs> we should have known. We should have known this was going to be the path, that if something ever happened to Ryan Fitzpatrick, it was going to be this bad. Well, and, and being really honest with you, I don't know how much worse Taylor Heineke actually is than Ryan Fitzpatrick. I'm not either. He makes Antonio Gibson far better. I, I do firmly believe that. I think he makes Antonio Gibson far better. He has a really good connection with Terry McLaurin. The only problem is that it, virtually every team I just said has that number one corner that can shut down Terry McLaurin. And then what? Yeah. I like De'Ami Brown. I told you in the pre-draft process. He's raw. That Carolina route tree is not an NFL route tree. And it was to me, it was abundantly clear last night. I don't know if you saw that the same way I did. Every target I saw De'Ami Brown's way, you know, you're on the wrong shoulder of the corner. You're going to the wrong Whatever the case may be. He's very talented. And with the ball in his hands, he's very dynamic. Mm-hmm. If that's your two, until Curtis Samuel comes back, you're in trouble. You're in trouble because you see too many offenses that can just absolutely obliterate teams that have to blitz them. You, I mean, you've got a year and one game of Tom Brady. Have you noticed that when you blitz him, bad things tend to happen? Yes. Yeah, it happens with Aaron Rodgers and Pat Mahomes. They have a lot of that on their schedule. Mm-hmm. And the Giants are terrible. They are. <laughs> they are terrible. They should be really glad they play a series of bad teams. Yeah, or there's no wins coming. I, I'll go one step further. I won't be shocked if the Giants finish third in this division. Because instead of Green Bay, they get the Bears. Yeah. And, and there's a series more of those. Okay. Uh, the Giants are bad. They're going to do. They did everything they could to lose that game last night, and and they did, and they did, and they did. Watch. But I did, I did see, I, I saw shades of former Saquon Barkley. That is true. I also thought I almost saw Kenny Galladay punch Daniel Jones in the face. So. <laughs> well, wouldn't you be mad? Wouldn't you no, be mad if no, you went to the no, New York Giants? You did this. You had the chance to go to a lot of teams. You're the one that signed up for Daniel Jones, who looks like who you would cast in a movie uh, to play the quarterback of your local high school team with his <laughs> sweet little swoopy haircut. Daniel Jones does not in any way look like an NFL quarterback. Right. You took the money and ran. You deal with what you get. 
I can't blame Kenny Galladay for being upset. And they, they they said, oh, we, you know, they were hugging in the in the locker room, and they've they patched things up. It's just we're all competitors, and in the moment, he, you know, Daniel Jones said, I don't think he was really blaming me per se, but more about the situation. I'm gonna say you're wrong, Daniel. Yeah, he was blaming was, you. Yeah, because that was if I had a quarterback that would get me the ball. Yeah, he touched it once in the fourth quarter. Yeah, he at one time had Darius Slayton, who had 15 yards on the field. And nope, couldn't even <laughs> hit that. Their hug in the locker room was that clenched teeth hug of just, yeah, we're going we're gonna to move on here. Speaking of moving on, Green on Green is coming up next. First six-pack of picks on your way for the college football Saturday. Here in Beer City, we take homegrown seriously. And since 2012, Wicked Weed Brewing has been pushing the boundaries of the industry. They've not only created staples like the Freak of Nature Double IPA, Lieutenant Dank, and Pernicious, but they also opened the first sour beer tap room on the East Coast. Wicked Weed has also supported our local community to the tune of $1.6 million with the Beers That Build program. Visit one of their four locations, schedule a brewery tour, a place in order for pickup or delivery. WickedWeedBrewing.com Rogue Combat Club, Asheville's home for comprehensive martial arts training, has a goal for our community. One that's stronger, more fit, and unwavers in its support of one another. Rogue Combat Club's instructors have competed at the highest levels and offer classes for everyone from young children to adults in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, Muay Thai, and wrestling. Rogue Combat Club classes can help you boost your self-confidence and self-defense skills while weeding out the egos and intimidation found at other gyms. Join today at RogueCombatClub.com. Coffee's for closers only. Get them the money. Then when you get the money, you get the power. That watch costs more than your car. Then when you get the power, then you get the win. 23 and 14 to start the season, but two mediocre weeks in a row. We've gone deep diving, and I am ready to take a massive leap forward away from mediocrity. Starting with the favorites. First one, Maryland is a seven-point favorite tonight at Illinois. This is an overcorrection to where this game's being played. Illinois struggled with Virginia. Talia Tungavailoa and Maryland put up points on West Virginia, who has one of the best defenses in the country. I don't think this game's close for more than a quarter. Give me the Terps, minus the seven. Next, the Cincinnati Bearcats are a three-and-a-half-point favorite at Indiana. Indiana is horrible. Cincinnati returns one of the best pass rushers in the country, two elite corners, and Michael Penix has not been good. This number doesn't make any sense to me. Again, an overcorrection to being at home. Give me the Bearcats. Miami is a six-and-a-half-point favorite at home against Michigan State. I don't know what it is people are seeing in Michigan State, but I don't get it. They have not played a player, the dynamic of De'Eric King, and I think he's going to be just fine this weekend. Give me the Hurricanes minus six-and-a-half. Colorado is a two-and-a-half-point favorite at home against the Muhammad Ibrahimless Minnesota Golden Gophers. Who, you remember how they couldn't move the ball? Yeah. Did you just watch Colorado stymie Texas A&M for three and a half quarters? Why is this line only two and a half? <laughs> Give me the buffs. Minus two and a half. <laughs> Nevada is a one and a half point favorite at Kansas State. No Skylar Thompson. I'm out on the Wildcats. As soon as he went out of the lineup last year with an injury, this team fell apart. It's going to happen again. Deuce Vaughn is the only player that will scare you. Nevada has Carson Strong. Better coach, better quarterback. 
Give me Nevada. Finally, USC is a seven and a half point favorite at Washington State. Let me say that one more time. USC is only a seven and a half point favorite at Washington State. This is insane. I don't care what happened to Stanford. Washington State's one of the worst Power Five schools in the country. Give me the Trojans minus seven and a half. Go and do likewise, gents. Money's out there. You pick it up, it's yours. You don't, I got no sympathy. Uh, yeah, we'll have college football for you right here on ESPN. Asheville as well this weekend. The North Carolina Tar Heels taking on Virginia. In fairness, I do have a slew of other favorites for you. Okay. Uh, I like Pittsburgh uh, against Western Michigan. I like, let's see, Northwestern at Duke. You should aggressively go after that because it's only two and a half and Duke is bad. Stanford minus 12 and a half at Vanderbilt. Uh, Boise State is going to absolutely smear their blue turf field with Oklahoma State. Take them minus three and a half. I deep dove this week, yeah. and I didn't want to call any of these picks. Yeah. I also have a 10-team money line parlay that oh, I'll give out at the end of this show that will take a $10 wager at betus.com. Use our promo code SPORTSOCRACY. And it will take that $10 wager and turn it into $3,000. Holy cow. A 10-way ten, ten parlay. And this Good is luck. just money lines. Oh, this no is line. money lines. Just wow. money lines. Okay. These te- just that these teams win, and I love all 10 of them. <laughs> all right. The all right. end of this show, you're going to have to give me a uh, a little wider uh, uh, berth. Uh, there you go. Yeah. For, for the last segment okay. of the show. Uh, because I haven't slept in two days. I'm already sweating <laughs> profusely. And this might be the most aggressive you've ever heard me be in a segment in the year and a half we've been doing excellent, this. Excellent. You think uh, Carolina can cover the eight real quick over uh, over Virginia? I'm not at liberty to divulge He's that information He's not at liberty right to say, so okay, all right. Well, that, that, that gives us a little clue into what's coming up later on in the program. After the Sports Center update at the top of the hour here, we will have Asheville Police Chief David Zach in with us. We will play Beat the Chief, brought to you by Clarissa Marshall of EXP Realty. Check her out at ClarissaSellsWNC.com. This is... The Sports Tank with Jeremy Green. You look at my numbers, I'm I'm balling. Beer City's best sports talk is on the air. Get involved. Call 252-4348. Tweet the show at Sports Tank ESPN. The Sports Tank. Come get you some of this. Can't wait. It's ESPN Asheville, 92.9 FM, 880 AM, and 1400. The Sports Tank with Jeremy Green. Heard everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. We always love Friday because we get to uh, deep dive not only on uh, not only on the NFL, but also on the picks. Here in the Sports Tank with Jeremy Green as we welcome in Asheville Police Chief David Zach for our Beat the Chief segment. Uh, this hour of the program is always brought to you by Wicked Weed Brewing. WickedWeedBrewing.com Drink different and uh, time to time to beat the Chief. Oh, this is your well, not farewell. like that. That's not how that was supposed to go. Where did my song go? That's, that's not the right button. No, it wasn't the right button. Uh, let's try this button. Take one. 
Oh, I'm going. Take one. I am going this to is the ruin one sh- you this week. This is the one shot that I got to rub it in your faces that, uh, yeah, I, I, I won last week. I'm going to absolutely ruin <laughs> you this week. In the eight games that we differed on. Last week, that's 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 where that three game advantage comes into it comes into play. Counting only the games that we differed on last week, I went six and two. You guys both went three and five. And three. I actually got three. Uh, yeah, you did. You actually got three. I stopped watching. You stopped watching. It, it was, was going. So bad. It, was, it was going bad. It was going bad. Woof. None of our picks went really well uh, in all of the games that we picked together. Everybody in unison, we didn't get a single one of them right. <laughs> nope. That's hard to do. Right. <laughs> right. We were all clear that. Oh, that's easy. That's that one. And nope. You know what? If, if people in the of the great city of Asheville, you could genuinely say that you listened to the best show at being awful. Because we did bad better than anybody. Yes, we did. We did horribly in some instances last week. And Beat the Chief, Beat the Chief, always brought to you by Clarissa Marshall of EXP Realty. Clarissa sells WNC.com is the website. Now, uh, we are going to be using, of course, the, the Bet Us lines. Go to BetUs.com, use the promo code SPORTSOCRACY, and they will uh, match your deposit with a hundred and twenty-five dollar or a hundred and twenty-five percent bonus, so deposit a hundred dollars, they will put two twenty-five in your account to start out with, and they'll do that by the way up to twenty-five hundred dollars. So there's a big chance that you get a lot of free dough. Yep, uh, that's what I did. I drained all of my other accounts and put them all in there. <laughs> so betus.com. Use the promo code SPORTSOCRACY. First game of Sunday afternoon, the Carolina Panthers and the New Orleans Saints. The New Orleans Saints are a three-and-a-half-point favorite. I've heard a lot of love for the Carolina Panthers in this one. Uh, as the champion, I will go ahead and uh, make my pick first. <laughs> yeah, this is kind of like that one time that the bad golfer with you accidentally like drain one, exactly. drains one from a buck fifty. Yep. I liked you, it better when the... he. I liked it better when he didn't play. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't worry, you'll like it oh. just fine. Oh yeah, real oh, yeah. Soon. I'm going to be licking those wounds really, really soon. Don't worry. Uh, the six and two performance of last week just smoking mirrors, people smoking mirrors. Uh, I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna take the New Orleans Saints to cover this three and a half because. I don't know that Carolina's defense, while I trust it, while I while I like what they're doing there, I don't know that they're going to be able to put a whole lot of pressure on Jameis Winston this week. And so I'm taking New Orleans minus the three and a half. This line makes absolutely no sense to me. The Saints' defense is pretty good. You're gonna you're gonna see Sam Darnold with pressure on him this week. That line's not good. It just so happens the Jets were missing the three pass rushers they had on the team. They had Shaq Lawson as their primary pass rusher. He's been on the team for 11 days. Right. I'm taking the Saints, minus three and a half. All right, Saints cover. Yeah, I think you got to go through that. I was surprised uh, with Winston's play. I said, you know, he's going to have to show it, and and he certainly did, And uh, which makes it tough to go against him this week. I, I'm going to say Jameis Winston probably won't have five touchdowns this week, but if he does, he certainly won't have 190 yards. No, definitely not. So nobody's on the Carolina side. We're all taking New Orleans to cover the three and a half. Yeah, this is a Marquez Callaway truther weekend, too, by the way. If you're playing DFS, 
big fan of that guy this week. Okay. Uh, the Cleveland Browns take on the Houston Texans, who shocked everybody last week by shocking the Jacksonville Jaguars. They actually played football. They, they actually did, for once. Mark Ingram's name actually got mentioned in a positive light for 25 seconds until you figured out how many yards per carry he had. He touched the ball 26 times, or carried the ball 26 times, and had three yards per carry. In in true Mark Ingram fashion. But the Cleveland Browns coming in off of that loss to the Kansas City Chiefs, Baker Mayfield out to make a statement, they're a 13-point favorite. 12 and a half. You're You're looking at the open again. They're a 12-and-a-half-point favorite. 12-and-a-half? That's yes. That's the bet-us line? Yes. Okay. All right. 12-and-a-half. Oh, I'll take this one first because yeah. I absolutely hate the Browns. Uh, give me the Browns minus 12-and-a-half. All right. Chief? Brown, you, t- you, took, you took the Browns? I took the Browns. Minus 12-and-a-half. I think I like the 12-and-a-half. It could have been 22-and-a-half, and I would have taken the Cleveland Browns. I'm going to take the 12 and a half there. Wow. Okay. All right. I'm not going to be so bold. I will uh I will I will say that Cleveland covers this number big. Cuz again, Baker Mayfield's hearing it. And this is a crush spot for him because Houston's defense is horrid. Houston is terrible. Mhm. Going into the dog pound. Oh yeah. This is <laughs> It's not going to be good. (laughs) Right. All right, so Chief Zach, that's going to be our first one, our first disagreement. Chief Zach's on the Houston Texans plus 12.5 against the Cleveland Browns. The Chicago Bears and the Cincinnati Bengals. Is it two? Is it two? Yeah. I hate this game so much. How is it two? How is how Is Is that in Cincinnati? No. Yeah. Yeah, it's in Cincinnati. It's in Cincinnati. And Chicago... Is the two point favorite? Yeah, it's my turn. No, it's right? in Am Chicago. I... Oh, it's oh, it in Chicago. Is in Chicago? Yeah, okay. It's in Chicago. Our, oh. So I was like, wait a minute, that doesn't sound right. Chicago's a two and a half point favorite at home. I, I'll go first. I'm taking the Cincinnati Bengals. I don't care. That defense is terrible. Yeah, miscommunications all over the place. The, the team just looks in shambles. And this whole we're going to bring in Justin Fields. Stop. Cincinnati Bengals are going to be two and zero. Oh. And I don't, it doesn't, I, I, okay, I don't like it. <laughs> you know, the Bengals plus two and a half. He's got to eat a lot of crow when that happens, and you know how much Jeremy hates birds. It's okay. They'll be <laughs> they'll be 2-0 and oh and go 4-13. and 13. No worries. <laughs> uh, I will also be on uh, on the Cincinnati Bengals plus the number. What do you feel, Chief? Yeah, no, I'm with you guys yeah. on that one. Yeah. I just do not, do not like the Bears. Chicago's, Chicago's not good. Here's the thing. If Justin Fields were starting in this game, I might feel differently about it. I wouldn't. Okay. Yeah, I wouldn't be impressed by Fields starting that game at all. You can tell me Jim McMahon was starting this game, and it was in 1986, <laughs> and as long as Matt Nagy's the coach, I'll still go Bengals close to him. <laughs> I won't go quite that far. Right. I won't go quite that far. I, th- I didn't say I was dealing with the defense. I just <laughs> said the quarterback doesn't matter to me. I think this should be the thing. They should, uh, They you know... I, I think that uh, they should go with Justin Fields as soon as possible. But Pittsburgh is a six-point favorite against the Las Vegas Raiders. I don't like the fact that Las Vegas is coming at, uh, coming off of a short week with having to put up that much effort against the Baltimore Ravens. I, 
I want to take the Las Vegas Raiders plus the six, but here's the thing. I can't. The short week hurts. Pittsburgh, I think, is just the superior team. Every once in a while, Vegas dares you to do something, and I feel they're daring me to take the Raiders. Because I know that's the wrong call. Mm -hmm. Pittsburgh's going to win this game, and I think they're going to win it comfortably. It's in Pittsburgh. It's going to stay close because I don't think they have a solution for Darren Waller. I'm taking Pittsburgh minus the six and a half. All right, so that's two for Pittsburgh minus the six. Pittsburgh's flying high after beating Buffalo. So that'll carry them over the over I, the Raiders. I think it will. Be they able had, to cover they that, had that big start last year too. So okay. All right. Uh, then we got Miami and Buffalo. It's got to, we got to turn to you. I know. I knew Mr. it was coming, Mister Buffalo I, Bill. I, I knew it was coming. I don't think there's a, going to be a lot of dissent here. Big disappointment last week. Big disappointment last it week. Was. I think the, the the front of 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 Pittsburgh was the difference last week. Allen was under a lot of duress. I don't see that happening again. I don't like the three and a half. But I think reading all the Buffalo papers, Buffalo is not happy mm-hmm. uh, with their play, and uh, I think they'll be much happier this week. Chief uh, Zach, I'm going to give you a trivia question about Josh Allen. This will be the seventh time he has played the Miami Dolphins. Do you know, in the previous six games, how many times did he not have at least three touchdowns? I would say all of them. It was once. He had one right? where he only had two. Because he yeah. didn't run for one. And right. guess what? After I did some digging this morning, he did have a third one. They called it back and said he didn't break the plane. And then they handed it to somebody else. I don't even I think it was some random running back. Right. He kills the Dolphins. Josh Allen, give me the Bills. Mm-hmm. I'm on the Bills as well. I think this is an overcorrection. I think this is an overvaluing of the New England Patriots, and you saw Miami be in that battle with New England last week, and they won a close game down at the end, and I think it's an overcorrection of you're overvaluing what Miami is, and you're way undervaluing what Buffalo is. They they didn't beat Tom Brady. You're all yeah, Tom Brady led Patriots. Exactly, but, they, but people, they, I think people still treat them like they are. Because they do. Bill's they always there. have. Yeah, it's the, the the aura of Bill Belichick. Well, here's the thing. I've said this before, and I will continue to say it. If you take away the Brady years, he's been a mediocre coach. I don't put any stock in that. I looked at two teams, and and I I told you this as we were watching it. I watched Buffalo, or I watched uh, Miami, and I watched New England as they played last week. And I said, both the Dolphins and the Patriots are closer to the Jets than they are the Bills. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it's even all that close. I think Buffalo is going to boat race them. Especially with this weirdness with Will Fuller. I don't know exactly what's going on, but there is something bizarre happening with Will Fuller. All right, we got the Los Angeles Rams as three-and-a-half-point favorites against the Indianapolis Colts. This is the this has been the hardest game for me to to feel to figure out how I feel about these two teams, Chief Zach. I I mean I said last week I said we're, we were we we're going to see the Rams in a Super Bowl mm-hmm. and uh, I I don't see the Colts having the firepower to stay stay with them I I, I think the Rams take those easy. Okay. If I hadn't just absolutely boo-boo kitty last week so bad, I'd be taking the Colts because I don't know why I have this funny feeling that you're going to see a comeback to earth with the Rams and you're going to see Indy play the way I thought you were going to see them play. Mm-hmm. However, 
the safe plays the Rams. I'm taking the Rams, but I want it known that I have a gut feeling that the Colts are going to win this game outright. <laughs> Noted. I, I don't have that gut feeling, and I don't even want to have the gut feeling that Indianapolis could even cover the number. Um, I, I like the Rams. I think three and a half is ridiculous. I think it should be at least a six and a half point spread on this game. The fact the number hasn't gone up, it's just confirming what I thought the entire time. But I just don't have the cojones yeah. to do it. Yeah. And I want I want to so bad. It's I mean, it's staring at me. Well, maybe here's an underdog that you can get behind. The Philadelphia Eagles are only a three-point dog to the San Francisco 49ers. This is the dumbest line of the week. 100%. San Francisco is a West Coast team coming East Coast for a 1 o'clock kickoff. Jalen Hurts is not a good quarterback in this league, and I'm going to keep saying it until everyone else believes it. I don't think he's going to find much success against this this, uh, 49ers defense, and... I, I don't see why it's only a three-point spread. I don't San either. Francisco it's covers. The, it's the fourth quarter against the Lions. The, to me, this line is so stupid. Yep. 49ers minus three, and we better hope we're better this week for games that we agree on than we were last week. Yeah, because we're agreeing on a lot. A lot. I, I believe I called Philadelphia a train wreck last week. Uh-huh. And how'd that work out for me? It didn't work out It well. did not work out, but uh, I still think they're a train wreck. Yeah. I, I'm Niners. I agree. Denver and the Jacksonville Jaguars. It's a six-point spread in this game in favor of the Denver Broncos. And the Jacksonville Jaguars got stomped last week by who? The Houston Texans. Okay, give me Denver to cover that number. Another dumb line and an overreaction. I I think it is, too. And I don't get it. I, I feel like Vegas is almost overcorrecting. Because you had so many road dogs win last week. I feel like they're overcorrecting to home field matters. It's mattered forever. So we're going to keep numbers tighter because people will be all over Denver, but Jacksonville is going to cover that number. No, uh uh-uh. I'm taking Denver. All right, Chief. Yeah, Denver. He's with us on that one as well. Sorry to be boring. We got we we got two games so far that we have uh, we have split on. Oh, don't worry, there are more coming. (laughs) There are more coming. All right, we'll get to them up next right here in the Sports Tank with Jeremy Green. We got Asheville Police Chief David Zach in here with us. It is uh, our weekly Beat the Chief segment, and we will continue coming up next. I believe real estate isn't about properties. It's about people. I am Clarissa Marshall with eXp Realty, serving all of Western North Carolina. Navigating the home buying and selling journey can feel overwhelming at times, and that's why having an agent who cares about you and your needs is key. I'm a native of Western North Carolina, and I close over a home a week. I'm an expert in the market, pricing my sellers correctly to net you the most money, and working as a skilled negotiator for my buyers. Please give me a call today at 828-774-6343 to set up a complimentary market analysis. You're in the sports tank. Take all this, burn it, okay? Gasoline, kerosene, either one, burn it. 
That's kind of how I'm starting to feel about this uh, pick sheet that we've got in the uh, in the beat the chief for week two of the NFL. We're agreeing on way too much, and Jeremy, you know what happens when we agree on way too much. I have a feeling that there are at least three disagreements coming. <laughs> well, we shall see as we pick each and every game of this uh, Sunday slash Monday slate of NFL games. Just want to you know take the opportunity to point out one more time: I won in week one, and it's the last week I'm going to win. So. Well, yes, I'm, I'm, I'm wallowing in this three-game lead that I've built on uh, Jeremy Green and Asheville Police Chief David Zach. Welcome back into the uh, into the Ingles studio here with us. And, uh, yeah, Beat the Chief Always brought to you by Clarissa Marshall of EXP Realty. ClarissaSellsWNC.com. New England Patriots and the New York Jets. This is my team, so I reserve the right to defer to be the last one to pick. Oh, okay. I thought that was going to go completely the opposite way, but it did not. The New England Patriots are a six-point favorite against the New York Jets. I've seen this line bounce from, I think it was like four and a half and then five, and then now it's six. It's gone to six and a half, and I think it's back to six again. It's fluctuated a lot this week. And I don't understand why. I think New England is the overwhelming favorite or should be the overwhelming favorite in this game with the New New York Jets playing a close one, an ugly one last week with the Carolina Panthers. I think you're going to see kind of the same thing, but Bill Belichick does not lose to rookies. Even though he's got a rookie on his team, I don't care. I have watched that act play out for many, many years in the AFC East, and you're absolutely right. Uh, rookie quarterbacks do not fare well against New England defenses. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think. And I, although I, I, I like the way he, uh, it, Jones looked like this week, I did, but, uh, you know, I'm do, definitely going with, with New England. Yeah, I'm, a, I'm on New England to cover the six. Sounds like the Chief is as well. Jeremy. I know all the stats. Argument time. And and Bill Belichick doesn't lose to rookies, and I'm not saying he's going to lose to a rookie. Here's what I'm going to say. There's nothing dynamic about that offense at all. The Jets are really good against the run. Mm -hmm. We were in Charlotte. We watched them stifle Christian McCaffrey for three quarters Mm -hmm. until they were burning the clock out, and the Jets' defense has been on the field forever. I look at that secondary with New England. No Stephon Gilmore. J.C. Jackson has to be the one. Corey Davis looked really good to me. Elijah Moore looked really open a lot of times to me. I'm taking the Jets plus six. Jets, 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 Jets. Of course he is. You can't say that. Usually I bet against my team (laughs) just to make me feel good when we lose. Uh, You're trying to give yourself a little bit of hope, and and I'm glad. It's it's not hope because I think New England's going to win. I just don't. I look at New England and go, okay, for you to lay six. I, I mean, really look at every number in the league. We just did power rankings on New England. We had them collectively at 22. We don't think highly of New England. No. You don't give big numbers to teams you don't think highly of, especially ones that want to grind it out with Damian Harris and play good defense. Zach Wilson's going to catch somebody at least once. I'm taking the Jets. I think they cover. I don't think they win. Okay. I do think they cover. Uh, the Arizona Cardinals and the Minnesota Vikings. The Arizona Cardinals are only... A three and a half point favorite, and I think that is again ridiculous at home. Yeah, that's that's the other thing. They're in the desert, and they're only a three and a half point favorite. They could play this game literally in the desert, 
And I would still take them to cover this number. (laughs) I mean, they absolutely stomped the Tennessee Titans on the road last week, and now you take on a Minnesota Vikings team who's, you know, sometimes has 15 men on the field, it feels like. I don't understand. I was, like I say, I was, I liked Minnesota this year, and that, but that stomp that they put on Tennessee shocked me. I did not see that coming. Yeah. Uh, That kind of beat down, and now going back home. And yeah, this was a funny line. Uh, I, I thought it would be much, much higher. I can explain so, this line because I asked. I, w- I wish you would because I have no clue why. It's trick. It's this a trick. is 100% a trick. It's a trap because <laughs> people think Arizona is a trap. They think what they saw with Tennessee is fool's gold. So the people that like us that will bet Arizona on the other end, they think that Minnesota got caught by Cincinnati by being on the road. They think that Dalvin Cook will be able to dictate the pace of this game, and this stays close. I don't think anybody really thinks Minnesota's going to win this game, but they think at a field goal they have insulated themselves. Personally, I think it's going to be 28-6 to Cardinals at halftime because I think Minnesota is horror-awful. But, like I said this morning, if you told me how many yards Dalvin Cook had in this game, I feel like I could get within a field goal of the score on each side. Dalvin Cook has 125 yards rushing on 22 touches. Mm, they got a shot. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's going to happen. Right. Something would be going right yep. if that were to happen. That's exactly right. <laughs> right. Unfortunately for them, I don't believe that's going to happen. I don't either. Uh, so we're all on oh, Arizona, Arizona to cover man. the three and a half. Yeah, Chandler Jones had five sacks last week, uh, and now he's going against two of the seven worst graded tackles in the NFL after they played the Bengals. Mm-hmm. What do you think is about to happen? Uh, about the same thing that's going to happen when the Tampa Bay Buccaneers take on the Atlanta Falcons. They are at home for the second straight week. We saw them in a back-and-forth battle with the Dallas Cowboys on Thursday night football, and the Atlanta Falcons are bad at football. This is a, I don't believe it all in Philadelphia. I don't believe it all in Jalen Hurts. They just made Jalen Hurts look good. Uh, he completed 77% of his passes last week against this Atlanta Falcons defense. What do you think Tom Brady can do? If Jalen Hurts can throw for, you know, complete 77% of his passes, then Tom Brady should be able to complete 177% of his passes this week. I I adamantly want to disagree with you. I can't. <laughs> I hate laying numbers this big in the NFL. Mm-hmm. I do not physically see a way short of let's see how could this possibly go differently? If the Buccaneers team bus showed up two hours late and they only had seven players, I still think they would cover 12 and a half. <laughs> uh, 12 and a half is, uh, is, is not enough for me against uh, what I think is one of the three worst teams in the NFL against the reigning Super Bowl champions at home again. 12 and a half. And then that I get stuck on the twelve and a half. You know, that's just a lot of points. It is. But Atlanta, just every time I take them, they slaughter me. Uh huh. I just. And it's in Tampa. And it's in Tampa. And know. Tom had three extra days to prepare because they played on Thursday. Mm-hmm. And he's going to play at least fifty. So yeah, he is. And I, I think he actually might. Um, that yeah, makes I just me want to go cry in the parking lot. <laughs> I, <laughs> I knew it would. I, I can't go against Brady. I can't. Yeah. I can't. No, I'm, it's it's a huge Atlanta number. Atlanta looks so bad. It's a huge number, but 12.5 is ridiculous. All right, let's get weird. 
on the weird scale. There's Vegas, there's Florida, and there's Asheville. Let's get weird, Asheville. And since we're talking football, I can't I can't get away from football. And th- the weird thing to me is, okay, so you sign a guy for $10 million in the offseason. One-year deal, you think you're going to you know, be able to add him to your, you know, your undersold wide receiver core. He's suspended for the first couple of games of the season, but you're going to, you know, you get him back in week two, everything's going to be fine. Well, apparently everything's not fine. There's some sort of a personal issue. They're being very cagey about what's going on with Will Fuller down in Miami. Uh, but the thing is, somebody asked, uh, asked the coach, Brian Flores, this morning at the press conference, so when is he going to be back? And he wouldn't answer the question. So it's like it's some personal issue that apparently may put him at odds and on the outside looking in with his own team. Whatever this could be, it's apparently got to be big if your coach won't even come out and say, yeah, I mean, he should be back in a couple of weeks. They t- Flores was talking like he may not join the team at all. And they just spent $10 million on him in this offseason. I've always heard rumors that Will Fuller was a, let's see, what's a, what's a delicate way to say this? A bit of a headache mm-hmm. to deal with. Uh, I, I don't know what's going on. I hope it's nothing. I, I hope it's just, you know, that's just coach speak. I, I don't know. But for him to say he might come back, that's odd. It's very weird. Pretty, that's a little cryptic there. Yeah. There's clearly more to the... More to the story. This, oh, is, a, no this is not. And and the the part of me that loves to watch, you know, off the field and on the field dumpster fires in the NFL, that part of me is peaked right now. I want to know what's going on with Will is, Fuller. Is law enforcement involved? <laughs> I don't know. That very well. I mean, this, this is how coaches talk when there could be a possibility of something law enforcement related. So we just don't know at this point. But for a guy to... Come out and say, I don't know if he's ever going to come back with this team. It's really strange. Hey, law enforcement is involved with my weird story. Don't do crimes. Don't do crimes. Pinellas County Sheriff's Office said in a Facebook post that deputies responded to a call about a subject in the water off Pass a Grill Beach, which is the weirdest name for a beach I've ever heard in my life. And they arrived to find a man who had been thrown from his boat about a half mile from shore. That part's not all that strange. Mm-mm. Here's what is strange. There was no boat around him. Mm. So when they get to him, they said, how'd you get here? He said, well, I was in a boat, and I got ejected from my boat. Well, where's your boat? Well, he wasn't wearing one of those kill cords. So the boat was flying down the lake. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Deputies were able to safely bring the man back to shore and set about using, quote, teamwork by land, air, and sea to secure the boat. <laughs> the boat said utilizing their training, Marine deputies were able to match the speed of the runaway vessel, board it, and regain control. The only thing I could see in my head is the Coast Guard, Pinellas County Sheriff's Office, Going full speed with the boat because the boat's going real fast. Yeah. Here's my other question. How big does that lake have to be? (laughs) Nobody's driving the boat. They got to the guy before they found the boat. What lake were they on? Apparently Uh. Lake Straightaway. (laughs) (laughs) That or the boat was going four inches an hour. Right. They they go in a circle. they, They do call it a runaway boat. Yeah. 
What is this, a smart boat? Now do we have smart boats that drive it's, themselves? Sure, it can sense when the when the water is getting shallower and just turns. See, and in my head I'm thinking, okay, I've been to a lot of lakes in my life. If, and now granted, most of the time I've ever been on a lake, it's been either in a ski boat or a speed boat. Okay. Of which both tend to go fast. Yes. If this had ever happened, I was always taught to wear the kill switch. You got the little cord that plugs into your life jacket, so if something happens to you, you Off kill the motor. The boat, right. So I, I didn't know. Secret time, here's how stupid I am. <laughs> I, I thought you had to do that. I, I didn't think that the boat would start if that wasn't connected to you. Uh-huh. That's, this is why I talk about football and not about life, because I'm kind of stupid. Yeah, uh, yeah. But, but my immediate thought was, I, I was thinking about to Lake Hartwell, because I've spent a lot of time down there. Do you realize how badly that could go? Oh, yeah. If you're in a boat and that thing goes rogue and you're not in it? Especially to the point where this guy, somebody called for help. They and they got to, to him. They got to him and said, where's your boat? And then found the boat. That's a lot of time. We're talking about probably 45 minutes to an hour. I mean, yeah. <laughs> right. I, I mean, the Asheville Police Department, you guys have a pretty good response time, We'd be right? there in three minutes, but, but I mean, this, is, this isn't the Asheville Police <laughs> exactly. Department. Exactly. This, this is in Florida. They're dealing with that. They're dealing with I that one that showed up to a crime scene naked on a golf cart. Right. So I have to imagine that, you know, when, uh, when, Land, the, when the police are called, I don't know. They might be stationed by Land, nearby Land Aaron's, boats. But Land, Land Aaron's it takes a long time to activate. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Here's my only thought. See, and they didn't say, hey, the boat was going a tenth of a mile an hour. But my thought is I can just see me piloting my boat as one would do. Uh-huh. And just looking over and going, there's nobody driving that boat. <laughs> it's coming right for me. You know what my first thought would have been? What? The birds are controlling that boat. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag birds are real. The same government that flies the bird drones. Hashtag don't let birds drive boats. Is sending the motorboat after Jeremy. The Seattle Seahawks and the Tennessee Titans continuing with Beat the Chief here on ESPN. Asheville, you're in the sports tank with Jeremy Green. We are joined in the studio by Asheville Police Chief David Zach, as we are every Friday to pick all of the games against the spread in the NFL. Using the lines from Bet Us, go to the sportsocracy.com and hit the Bet Us button. You can get a lot of free money uh, if you will sign up. I highly recommend you doing it right now because I'm about to give a 10-team college money line parlay in the next segment that will take a $10 wager and turn it into $3,000. That could be big. And I love them all. (laughs) He's got the six-pack of underdogs coming up in the green on green to end out this hour. But as we are picking the games here on the Beat the Chief, brought to you by Clarissa Marshall of EXP Realty. Check her out online at ClarissaSellsWNC.com. Selling or buying a home, Clarissa is your gal, right? She is. Yeah. See, there she you go. is. See, Best even, realtor even in the chief world. Used her. Best realtor in the world, but I'm not biased. No. It just is the way it is. Not at, at all. all. Not at all. Gotta say. See, <laughs> the Seattle Seahawks and the Tennessee Titans. I think this is the, from what Jeremy said in the first hour, this is the one that I've been waiting on because, yeah, Jeremy, you're, I think, I think you were right on this game. Uh, Seattle's going to cover this number. Are they now? Yes, they are. I don't think the Tennessee Titans can stop anybody on in the in the secondary. And Kyler Murray just put up huge stats against this team. And I, I will say, I like Russell Wilson even more than I like Kyler Murray. And I like his weapons more than I like Kyler Murray's weapons. Mm-hmm. 
Do you like his line better than you like Kyler Murray's line? I do not. There you go. I do not like the line better than that, but I still think this is going to be a double-digit game. Now let me ask you another question. Do you like his defense better than you like Kyler Murray's defense? No. Do you think a pass rusher for Russell Wilson is going to have five sacks in this game? No. No. Neither do I. I'm taking the Titans. <laughs> Titans plus oh. six. Upset special of the week. I'm yeah. taking Tennessee in the money line to cover this. Not, not just cover this number. I'm taking them win outright. Yeah. Here's the thing. It's overreaction. People are overreacting. to They saw Seattle beat what I think to be a bad Indianapolis team at home. And you hadn't had Carson Wentz. He'd been hurt, so there was a lot of there was a lot of attrition there. Name me the third target for them. Oh, you got Michael Pittman. That's that's fun. And you got Zach Pascal. Yeah. Then what? No clue. What what do you have then? Mo Alley Cox becomes the three. There you go. <laughs> Tennessee's not the Colts. Yeah. They're not. Now at three and a half, I probably wouldn't have felt as good about this. At six and a half? Yeah. Yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> yep. All right, Chief, what do you think? Can Seattle with, cover the uh, six and a half? No, I'm with Jeremy on this. Okay. I think, you know, the Titans are a better football team than they were last week, and they've got they got really really embarrassed. Mm-hmm. And uh I just think they're they're too good a team to let that happen to them twice and six and a half alone. Okay. We we literally universally talked about how good the Titans were. And you let 60 minutes completely change how you feel about them. You yeah. do realize that's why there's gold fixtures in Vegas, right? <laughs> yeah. like, they, they have gold toilets in, in no. Vegas because of what's, things like that. What, what's your old line? I get the better quarterback, I get the better coach, and I'm at home. I'm taking all three of those with the Seattle Seahawks. I'm not 100% sure you get the better coach. At the yeah, really? I, I, yeah. I've been down on Pete Carroll for you. Years, mm. I can't stand Pete Carroll. I, I, I like him. I, mean, he ditched, I wish he hadn't, you know, ditched the Jets after a year. Actually, he didn't ditch us. We kind of fired him when he went six and ten. I actually think yeah. he got his start in Buffalo. He was a uh, let's see, he was a coordinator with the Jets. I think he at one time has worked for every team in the AFC yeah. East except the Dolphins. So Pete Carroll, pretty well known around this division, right? And I like the guy. He's also 68 years old, and he's very set in his ways. Mm-hmm. I don't buy that defense at all. I can see Derrick Henry having a get-right game. I mean, be really honest with yourself. Defense to defense, as bad as the defense is or looked for the Titans last week, mm-hmm. do you not still think it's better than Seattle? Yeah, it's close. Do you but think, yeah, do you think Taylor Lewan's going to give up five sacks this week? Because for some reason, I don't know why, but I don't. <laughs> I just don't think the Titans are a bad football team. I don't yeah. either. I don't they're, think they're, they're a, a bad football team. I just don't think that they can shoot out with Seattle. Which I don't Seattle think, I don't think gonna they have to. to. Yeah, I don't think they have to. I don't mm. think they're going to have to. Mm. I don't think they're going to be able to stop it. Russ is going to cook, and they're going to have to score points if they can, if they want to stay in this game. I think they're going to be chasing points in this game. Yeah, the line, the over under's gone over to fifty four, or has mm-hmm. gone all the way up to fifty four. Mm-hmm. Answer me one question. Over. Who defends AJ Brown? No clue. Exactly. Who defends Julio Jones? No clue. By the way, uh, by pro football focus grade, Julio Jones was the sixth worst receiver in the NFL last week. You think that's going to happen again? You see all these non-replicable things that I keep telling you right. are not going to... Okay, well, the number, the current number... I, I, want, you to under, I, I want you to think about what I'm going to say. Okay. The Seattle Seahawks are currently more than a field goal more of a favorite because of what Arizona did to Tennessee 
than Arizona is because of what they did to Tennessee. <laughs> You're right. What sense does that make? It doesn't make any None. sense. It makes no sense whatsoever. The Dallas Cowboys and the Los Angeles Chargers face off in a 425 game. And last week we saw Dallas hang in there with Tampa Bay. They did blow it at the end, allowed Brady to do what Brady does. You leave him too much time on the clock, he's going to get in field goal range, whether he has to have help from the referees to do it (laughs) or not. Again, we are accepting and we are moving on. Uh, (laughs) It's amazing how much help he does get, though. This is very true. Consistently. It's very true. Consistently. But when you're the face of the NFL, you're going to get the better calls. Um, It's been that way since, what, 2002? How about just it's been that way too long? Yeah, it's been that way way too long. <laughs> Although he's with my team now, so I'm okay with it. Anyhow, back to the uh, Dallas Cowboys and the Los Angeles Chargers. These wide receivers for Dallas are unbelievable. Dak Prescott is incredible. Uh, I don't take anything away from Dallas. In fact, I give them credit for being in that game last week with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, being at the uh, you know the opener, unveiling the banner, all of that kind of stuff. Normally, that's a hammer spot for defending Super Bowl champions, and the Dallas Cowboys made it really, really tough. Here's the thing that I still don't trust that defense. You don't have to. Okay. Transitive property. It doesn't tend to work. How many points did the Chargers score last week on the Reds on the uh, Washington football team? Ooh, almost did that thing. What well, was it, 19? <laughs> it was 20. 20. The Giants scored more than that. I've said the Chargers are overrated for weeks. This yeah. we started doing a uh, a minute. Uh, what do we call it? Mullet's Mullet's, Mullet's money, money minute. minute. Yeah, in, in every big market in the Southeast. My favorite money line pick in the NFL this week is Dallas Cowboys. I don't think this game's even close because I don't I don't see one positive matchup for the Chargers against the Cowboys in this entire game. Not one. Really, Ezekiel Elliott. I see this is a positive matchup for him. I see Ceedee Lamb. I, I don't care who you put on him; mm-hmm. he is going to eat somebody's lunchbox. I think Dallas is going to put up a ton of yards in this game. Ton. And you don't think the Chargers can? What is it that they do so well? They get the ball to Austin Eckler in the flat, and they just let him do things. Mm-hmm. How do you stop that? With a have di- really fast linebackers. Say with a dynamic linebacker like Micah Parsons. The Cowboys have three. That is true. I don't like anything in this game for the Chargers. Hmm. Cowboys plus three and a half. I'll take them in the money line. Okay, uh, I'm money a, line special of the right. week. I'm gonna I'm let you be the tiebreaker on this one, Chief, because <laughs> I'm taking the Chargers to cover the three. Because I, th- I I don't I don't know that these teams are going to be able to stop each other defensively. This was the toughest one I've had. You know, looking at the, the week, this was the tough one. I, I just I've gone back and forth on, uh, but and, and just. I was really impressed with the way Prescott returned. Oh yeah, to action and and I, I was I, I thought that was the big question mark. All that being said, I like the Chargers. Okay, Chief going with the Chargers as well. Jeremy's the only one standing out there all by himself. That's fine. On the Dallas Cowboys plus three. I like it out here on my little boat by myself. The Baltimore <laughs> Ravens and the Kansas City Chiefs might be the best Sunday night matchup we get all season long. And here it is in week two. Now Dallas or Dallas, uh, Baltimore is coming off of that uh, Monday night football game where they, to me, inexplicably lost to the Las Vegas Raiders. There's no excuse to me for what happened. You don't. Uh, Derek Carr doesn't throw for 400 yards against a secondary like that. 
I get that they lost Marcus Peters, but I don't think that losing that one player should have been that big of a difference maker. I've all I've constantly undersold Derek Carr though. So that may just be my own personal bias. They are a three and a half point dog to the Kansas City Chiefs. And after Kansas City struggled with Cleveland last week, I'm gonna say that they're gonna get the job done. But it's probably not gonna look much different. But I'm gonna go Kansas City to cover the three and a half. I don't like the fact that the hook's on it, but I still think they can win by a touchdown. If Ronnie Stanley was playing in this game, mm-hmm. I would be taking Baltimore. I think I should be taking Baltimore anyway. But I'm not. I'm mm-hmm. taking Kansas City minus three and a half. I liked it so much better at two and a half, which is what it opened up. But I'm still taking Kansas City. I just don't love it. <laughs> All right, Chief, what say you? I'm comfortably taking Kansas City. I don't okay. I don't think there's It's just hard for me to cover. believe the Ravens are gonna start 0 and two. It is. I believe in that team a lot. But I do mm-hmm. I do think they're gonna start 0 two. Because I don't if Derek Carr throws for four thirty five, what's Pat Mahomes gonna do? Exactly. And there's, I just I can't get away from that. There's no threat from the backfield other, other than Jackson, and I, th- I think they're just easier to shut down. I think there's easier to put a spy on them. And I think Latavius Murray is a uh, he's going to have a week. He took over that backfield in the second half against the uh, against the Raiders. Mm-hmm. A week in that system, getting acclimated. I mean, you got to understand uh, Monday night he had been in that building for four days. Yeah, so there, a learning period. I'm just I'm not there yet. I don't think he's there yet. Yeah, we're all uh, we're all taking Kansas City to cover the three and a half. And then Monday night football this week, Green Bay Packers, Detroit Lions. Green Bay is an eleven and a half point favorite, and you could have made it forty one and a half. <laughs> no, not that much, but uh, <laughs> I think I think you'd be dumb. I think you'd be dumb after the week that they just had against the New Orleans Saints. Aaron Rodgers, regardless of what you think about his distraction level. I don't think he's going to allow the Detroit Lions to even breathe in this game. I'm taking Green Bay cover eleven and a half easily. I got to agree with that. There's the, after last week, there is no way they don't come out flying, and they are going to put a beat down like the one they got themselves. Mm-hmm. If they hadn't gotten smoked like a deli ham last week, I probably would have had the Lions because the Lions are going to play. I said this in the offseason; they're going to play teams close. Yes. Because they play hard, they don't give up. When you start, uh, when you start sitting starters, like you know, San Francisco did last week. Next thing you know, they'll be right in a game with you. I just don't think it's this week. I have a funny feeling, Aaron Rodgers, especially with no Jeff Okuda. Mm-hmm. I mean, now who are you gonna put on Devontae Adams? Devontae Adams might have two hundred yards. Nobody, in this game. baby. <laughs> I'm taking the Packers minus eleven and a half. <laughs> We're all on the Packers to cover the eleven and a half against the Detroit Lions, and so that leaves us with one, two, three, four, five disagreements this week, and those are the ones that we will be grading the record on because those are the only ones that count. Um, because I- I'm winning, and that's I make the rules. Enjoy it for the limited amount of time that you're going to have. <laughs> I got the three-game lead after week one. Thank you, Asheville Police Chief David Zach, joining us once again. Good to see you guys. Yeah, and uh, have a great weekend. And, of course, don't forget, Beat the Chief, brought to you by Clarissa Marshall at EXP Realty. ClarissaSellsWNC.com. Check her out. 
coffees for closers only. Get them the money. Then when you get the money, you get the power. That watch costs more than your car. Then when you get the power, then you get the woman. Ah, oh, it's my favorite time of the week. It's time for all the underdog, 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 underdog. Speed of lightning. I missed it last week. Yeah. I got six dogs. The first one, the Virginia Tech Hokies are a two and a half point dog at my West Virginia Mountaineers. And that's stupid. <laughs> West Virginia can't score. I understand the defense is good. Brandon Burmeister hasn't seen a lot of pressure and that's why people are overreacting. But you're overreacting. Take the Hokies plus the two and a half. Next, the Ball State, Ball State. Ball State! I'm yeah. actually picking Ball State. They're a seven-point <laughs> dog at Wyoming. Also stupid. Ball State can score. They're overreacting to Penn State. They're not in Penn State's class. They still almost covered that number. They're going to win this game outright. Give me Ball State plus seven. Arkansas State's a 17-point dog at Washington. Washington is horrible. They can't score, and Arkansas State plays fast. Defense is going to be on the field for a long time. Arkansas State won't win, but they'll cover the 17. Virginia is an eight-point dog at Carolina. This is a touchdown game. Virginia's good. They ran Illinois off the field last week. They will not beat Carolina. I think Carolina scores late, but I think Virginia covers. Give me the Wahoos plus eight. BYU is a four-point dog at home against Arizona State. This is one of my favorite picks of the week. I'm thinking BYU outright. I think they're the better team. Herm Edwards has been historical for letdowns, mm-hmm. and this one screams it to me. Give me the Cougars plus the four. And finally, my favorite money line pick of the week, the San Diego State Aztecs are an eight-and-a-half-point dog at home against Utah, and that makes no sense. They're the better team in this game. Utah's beating Weber State. I don't know why people think this team's good, but they're not. San Diego State's the better team. I'm taking San Diego State plus the eight and a half. Yeah. There it is. Your green all green picks for this week. Went six and six the last two weeks. But hopefully that all comes to an end and we get all, we get in the black. This, this week. is the get right week. Yeah. Get in the black this week. And he's got a 10-way parlay. 10-team money line parlay. Yeah. If you risk $10 on this, it turns into 3000 U.S. dollars. I'm taking Virginia Tech, Cincinnati, Nevada, Notre Dame, USC, Northwestern, San Diego State, Penn State, BYU, and Alabama. All in the money line. All in the money line. All out went out right. Don't mess with points. Moneyline special. 10-way parlay turns 10 bucks into 3000 U.S. dollars. Go to BetUs.com. Go to the Sportsocracy.com. Click on our BetUs link. They will give you 125% sign-up bonus. You put in $100, they will let you wager with $225. Go to the Sportsocracy.com. Click our Bet Us promo code, wager alongside us, and enjoy all the money! That's right, and don't forget to join us on Sunday morning as we will give you all your last-minute fantasy advice on the Sportsocracy. Check us out at the Sportsocracy on YouTube, and we will be live with you each and every Sunday from here on out, unless uh, you know, unless we get to take another trip to Charlotte or something like that. But you never know when those trips come around. Uh, we'll be live on Sunday on YouTube. Check us out in the Sportsocracy. All your last-minute fantasy tips.